You know, like any guys with beards? She doesn't like me. That's what <laughs> so. This elusive quality it is, which causes the thought of whiteness when divorced from more kindly associations and coupled with any object terrible in itself to heighten that terror to the furthest bounds. Witness the white bear of the poles and the white shark of the tropics. What but their smooth, flaky whiteness makes them the transcendent horrors they are. That ghastly whiteness it is which imparts such an abhorrent mildness. Sorry, I don't know what that word is. Even more loathsome than terrific to the dumb gloating of their aspect so that not the fierce fang tiger in his heraldic coat can so stagger courage as the white shrouded bear or shark. Herman Melville. Stinky, stinky Was man. Was he really? Oh, dude, he smelled. We played football sometimes and like, dude, anytime his hands raised, oh, it's like, oh, dude, like, get out me. of here. That hurts me. That hurts What's us. What's up, Nick? With those tight pants on? What's up? That guy fucks. Definitely. Whoa. On the first date. Well, hey, I'm before we get started, I just want to thank you for listening to Gucci's episode 12. I'm Clint. I'm Jake. And I'm Nick. And Nick is subbing in this week for Carter, who is almost done with his his 12 step program to quit masturbation and, and pornography. And I hope I, I heard from the doctor this morning. He now has use of his right hand. So things are going his way. He's going to save a bundle on gloves. It's crazy. Yeah, Dude, he was not good at using his left hand. I know that for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so uh, episode 12 is going to be about the Franklin expedition and disappearance. Some homeboys who disappeared. But before we get started, uh, I just want to remind you guys to check out our Instagram at Gucci's Podcast. Check out our Twitter at Gucci's Podcast. And feel free to send us spooky fucking stories on any of those or drink ideas. Or you could email us, Gucci's Podcast at gmail.com. For every email, we send one saucy pick of Carter. Fuck Carter. JK, I love you. Yeah, we miss you, Carter. We hope you're doing all right out there. Also, just so you guys know, we're on Instagram as well at Gucci's Podcast. So anyway, you can just message us on Instagram as well. Fuck yeah, dude. And we have dope-ass stickers. If if you're interested, we'll send you one for free if you just send us your address, bro. I don't give a fuck. I'll say anywhere in the U.S., maybe Thailand if you're cool. And we will read your stories, like guaranteed 100%. We're going to read your stories. All these other podcasts are too busy to read your shit. We'll get to it like right away because we have nothing else to read. We're we have to, to write you. these stories ourselves. We have to write these stories ourselves. At the end of every episode, we have a scary story. One of us wrote it tonight, and it's pretty shit. Um, I'm reading. I'm drinking Lucky O. It's a horchata speciality spirit. Uh, horchata is delicious. This might be ass. I'm going to take a shot before we get started. So I'm feeling loose, baby. Just so we're clear, horchata is ass. It is not good. Horchata <laughs> yeah. is like rice juice. Like it's not delicious. Yeah, keep explaining it while Clint's drinking so he throws up. Is that it? <laughs> oh, it wasn't bad, huh? No, tastes good. Huh? Horchata, dude. I'm a Me- I'm Mexican. Yeah, I'm a child of the sun, baby. This is my fluid. <laughs> You're half Mexican, half German, so whatever, dude. I can dance good though. What's oh, this, up? This shooter's glass. Oh yeah, baby. Real. You want a shooter, Jake? No, I'm good. I got vodka. I'm good. I got a drink over here. Okay. What are you drinking? Um, bitch. Colomosa. It's a um, Talbot Cider is the company that made it, and it's uh, mimosa, I guess, and beer. I don't know what it is. Hmm? Colomosa, that's what it's called. I'm drinking Corona Hard Seltzer, spiked sparkling water, and it's blackberry lime. Why are you a little handsome boy? 
I'm just drinking truly mango lemonade, and I've never had it before. It's not bad, and I'm just, I don't know. I suck at drinking. I just want something I can just pound 10 of and, and see where it goes. So. I just realized it was lemonade and not just regular truly. Yeah, mango that a, lemonade, too. That's a good choice. Yeah, Dude, not bad. Nick has pierced nipples, and I know after three of those bad boys, we're going to see him. Not pierced nipples, oh, by the way. I fucking hope so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, I mean, it, we actually could see if, how many I can drink before I let you pierce my nipples. <laughs> you want to do that? Dude, you've done it before. Do pierced nipples go off at the airport? They don't, do they? Um, I don't know. That'd be an awkward description after, like, hey, my nipples are pierced. I mean, not to, like, go too into story mode here, but, like, I definitely have, like, one, like, my left nipple is always hard all the time because, like, some chick tried to pierce it, and she didn't, she got, like, halfway through, couldn't, like, I swear to God, you can come feel it, like, it's always hard. I'll, I'll take your fucking word for it. What? How old were you? I was young, dude, I was probably, like, 16, I don't know. 16. 28 now, so it was, like, 12 years ago. And you okayed uh, it? I was fucked up. I, uh, I, I'm sure I did, but maybe I, I remember it was like consensual. I never met the girl yeah, before that tried to do it. I've never met her since. So, Damn, dude. where are you, mystery girl? Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, right so into Gucci. The the source material we're going to be talking about is an article that I used by All That's Interesting, published November 18, 2016, an NY Times article by Leanne Stepton. Um, that's March. 18 of 2016 as well and then a daily mail fucking article by harry petite and that's from april of 2017 i'm gonna go ahead and say daily mail is a fucking shit rag so i know that the information i put in based on that might as well be written on a fucking gas station bathroom yeah i use some of those sites as well and then i also use wikipedia nice thank you always trusted yeah dude donate to those bitches they always ask now like give us two bucks and like i haven't but I think about it. <laughs> I think about it too. Holy fuck, you read that so good. There's a lot of hard words in there. I would yeah. fuck that up. Yeah, I'm surprised. Dude, good for you, man. You you should be a phone sex telephone operator, bro. I have been, actually. Like That's the job I have before the one I have right now. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah, let's take good. a There's shot. a lot less big words in, in, in phone sex, though. <laughs> Shit. I threw away my fucking my beer can. I'm just going to take... I'm going to birdie bottle it. I'm not going to put it in my lips. Are you going to use a lid? Oh, yeah, that's what I'll do. That's not enough, though. Then do two. Ah! Oh, fuck! Yeah. It's all over my jacket now, Jake, you dick. <laughs> it's all over my jacket. That was uh, really good, Nick. It was okay. Yeah, that was good, Nick. That Jake, was good as that shot you just took, dude. I know. It was thick, and I got half of it on my shirt, which is dope as fuck. Thank you, Jake. Jake, you want to read the other possible code open, and we'll edit out whatever we don't like? Oh, you want to do both and then test it? Because we can read this later, too. No, no, no. Go ahead and read that, you little puh. see. 28th of May, 1847, HMS ship Erebus and Terror wintered in the ice. Having wintered in 1846 to 47 at Beachy Island, after having ascended Wellington Channel and returned by the west side of Cornwallis Island, Sir John Franklin commanded the expedition. All well. Party consisting of two officers and six men left the ships on Monday, 24th of May, 1847. April 25th, 1848, HM ships Terror and Erebus were deserted on the 22nd of April, five leagues north by northwest of this, having been beset since 12th of September, 1846. The officers and crews consisting of 105 souls under the command of Captain F.R.M. Crozier, Sir John Franklin died on the 11th of June, 1847, and the total loss by deaths in this expedition has been, to this date, nine officers and 15 men. Signed, James Fitzjames, Captain HMS Erebus, signed FRM Crozier, Captain and Senior Officer, and start tomorrow, 26th, for Backfish River. Fuck yeah, baby. I'm going to grab a beer. I'm thirsty as fuck. 
Get up here. Wait here. I got these Trulies here if you want one, man. Yo, give me one of those. <laughs> I don't know what flavor it's going to be. You'll have to ask Clint twice. Oh, it's mango. I think all the mango goes at the top. Let me tell you something, mango. I love you so much. One time Jake ate a mango from Sick Market he bought, and he threw up like a little old bitch. Is that a real story, Jake? Yeah, mangoes give me migraines for some reason. Oh, really? Dude. Yeah. I don't know if I've actually, like, ate a mango. Like, now that I think about it, like, I mean, I grew up in a in a fat family, dude. Like, I, I don't think there was mangoes just around. <laughs> dude, Nick Condit uh, is, like, 17 days away from abs. He's not a fat guy at I'm all. I'm not 17 away. <laughs> so I, I, can, I can make the face with, with the titties, his eyes. You know, I can do the whole thing. Wait, wait, Insan- is that a thing? Insanity 17. Wait. I mean, if you, like, have a roll and, like, it's like a smile and you... Dude, I, I'm... I'm chubby. <laughs> what do you, like, what do you Wait, want Jake, from me? what is the Insanity 17 you're talking about? Oh, I was just saying, like, those TV workouts that you can do. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, like abs. Dude, yeah, I remember. Yeah. There was one time, me and, my, me and Jake, we stayed over at a friend's house. I'm not going to say the friend's name. And we woke up, and his mom was doing Wii Fit in her bathing suit. Yeah. I remember thinking, it's kind of cool. Kind of cool. Yeah. You think yeah. Carter's going to gain a bunch of weight because he's not jacking off anymore? Like, oh. now that he's like going to, because I yeah. mean, that's like the buildup. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if you're addicted to it, dude. You're sweating. He's like, addicted, he, dude. Yeah. He's addicted. I, oh, he's going to pick up something dude, else. Dude, at too. a stop sign, his hands will start itching him, bro. Dude, I don't, he fucking wants to get it. I've yeah. never met this Carter guy, but uh, like, I was listening to, to uh, episode 10, and dude, it. He's a legend. Anyone that takes a shit in a bar, like I don't care. Oh. He said it was 10 p.m. It's dude. I don't care if it's 10, 2 a.m., 8 a.m. Like if you're shitting in a bar, dude, like th- that's just a that's a psycho move. Do you want to hear a sad story? Yeah, I mean, sure. we, we might have to edit it out, but I'll tell you if you want to hear it. Yeah, dude, this is one time. It was before I met my beautiful girlfriend. I'm totally with now that we're engaged. I'm sorry, baby, but I was with this girl and we were dancing at a bar and I got swamp ass. Do you guys know what swamp ass yes. is? Yeah. When you get a little, aware. when you get a little sweaty between the cheeks. Yeah, I, we I, both said yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to describe it. So anyway, I was dancing. I got a little sweaty. So I go in the bathroom because I have to wipe, and I didn't want. I don't know. I, it was uncomfortable. So I go in there and there's a guy on the bathroom stall. Remember the bathroom didn't have a fucking door on it. You're just taking a shit open like you're in Guantanamo Bay. And there's a guy, I see him downtown all the time. He's he's hard of sight. He has a fucking, one of the blind people canes. Fuck. Yeah. I'm sorry, I shouldn't tell the story. But has, <laughs> You're already telling him, man. He has, a blind, he has a blind person cane. and He has a cane. Yeah, he has a cane. And he's fucking <laughs> taking a shit on the only toilet that's in the bathroom. And I don't have to poop. I just have to wipe my swamp ass. So, dude, I, I get some fucking, out of the, I go pee and then I like get some extra fucking paper towel out of the fucking the like paper towel dispenser and I wipe my ass and I I think he's blind so I just do it right there and he's like what are you doing and I'm like I'm wiping my ass he's like you think you can wipe your ass right in front of me and he's like I'm like I thought you were blind he's like well so that goes into this big thing about me not treating him like a fucking person because he's blind and I thought he was blind I didn't know so I wipe my fucking yeah, ass he just like fell to you around him no he around. no the thing is I found out later he's not actually blind he's just hard of sight. So it's like a difference. You can be on like a spectrum. So he's like, he doesn't see good. So you're the sightest. Like you think that everyone with a cane is blind. No, I wasn't trying to say, I thought he was blind. I didn't think you'd notice me wiping my fucking ass. (laughs) Well, maybe he just couldn't see long distances. Well, but then he could see me wiping my ass. We weren't far distance from each other. Well, yeah, but then why would he have that? (laughs) We're within four feet of each other when he sees me wiping my ass. This is not a big bathroom. So I wipe my ass and then I throw it away in the garbage can and wash my hands. And he was like saying shit as I left. 
And I felt, I, to this day, I feel guilty about it. But yeah. I couldn't, what was my other option? Go out there after I've just been in the bathroom and then have to come back to wipe my ass? How the fuck would so I explain to that girl? I was, trying, I was trying to give that girl a little smoochos, bro. I didn't know that she would fucking, I don't know. I don't know what was going on. It was, it's a sad story. You know what I thought was going to happen in that story? What? Is I thought you were going to say that you grabbed some toilet paper because he couldn't see, so you grabbed toilet paper from his stall, oh. and then he was going to be like, hey, can you get me some of that? Because <laughs> he, he can't like see where no, it's at. that's not what happened. He just saw me wiping my ass. Props to him. I wouldn't shit in the bathroom, and I have great eyesight. Like, if I was blind, I just... <laughs> Dude, I was... I don't know if you guys remember, but it was like, I, I was a big fan of the Irish goodbye. Like, if I had to poop and I was at the bar, I'd just be like, hey, guys, I'm going to go uh, smoke a cigarette or whatever. Is that and, why you always left? Yeah, I mean, that's not why I always left. But, I mean, that's... There's there's a good a good amount of times where I just had to poop, dude, you know? I don't... I try not to poop at bars. Carter's a trooper, dude. This one's a Carter. Let's all take a drink. Carter, this is to you. Taking his shit on bathrooms confidently. To Carter, we wish you well. Gucci's 12. He's a tall motherfucker. He actually... Carter went through an experimental surgery where they sewed two people's legs onto one leg. That's why he's the tallest he is. That's why he limps. Okay. Yeah, Jake, do you want to tell us about the characters? Yeah, so for the characters, we've got Sir John Franklin. He's not a sir, is he? He didn't get knighted, I don't think. I think he did post-mortem. Post-mortem? Yeah. Should I call him sir then? Yeah. So for characters, we got Sir John Barrow. He's the second secretary of the Admiralty. We got Sir John Franklin. He's the leader of this expedition and commander of the Erebus. We got Francis Crozier. He's the executive officer and commander of terror. And then we got James Fitzjames, second in command of the Erebus. Dude, Which, fuck. what a fucking name. <laughs> what? Yeah, fuck those parents, on, dude. Yeah. It's like, dude, if you have a kid, remember the movie uh, Wedding Singer? The girl's name was Julia Gulia. That's people, a good name. People do that in real life, though, where they name their kids something that rhymes. Fuck you. You're gonna, those kids are going to get beat up in school. So James Fitzjames is going to take an ass beating. So Europeans began looking for Western shortcut by the sea from Europe to Asia around 1842. So what they're trying to do is get from merry old England to a place where they could trade all their shit. So they're trying to find a way through the Bering Strait to just sail across. And what they're looking for is China or India. That's who they're trying to trade. Totally. But back then, they don't know shit about like ge geography. So they're just kind of guessing. And this started with the voyage of Christopher Columbus, which is a total asshole. And numerous exploratory expeditions had been made by the mid-1900s, mostly by the Kingdom of England. They, back then, they had the India, the East India Trading Company, which is the first corporation ever. When the voyages were successful, they added to the European geographic knowledge about the Western Hemisphere, particularly North America. As their knowledge grew, their exploration gradually shifted north towards the motherfucking Arctic. The 16th and 17th century explorers such as Martin Frostbisher and John Davis, Henry Hudson, and William Baffin were the first to make geographic discoveries about North America. What's cool about being a discoverer guy is that they, they name shit after you. So the Hudson Bay Company led to further exploration of the Canadian coastlines, interior, and the adjacent Arctic seas. By 1800, explorers had conclusively demonstrated that there was no northwest passage between the Pacific and the Atlantic Oceans at temperate latitudes. So it's like they keep having to go up north in order to cross, but like up north, they got motherfucking eyes, baby. It's like Titanic. It's Leo holding that bitch on the top of the fucking deck, baby. She's going to fall in. So it's like it, things are dicey. So yeah. In 1804, Sir John Barrow became second secretary of the Admiralty and held this position until 1845. 
Dude, that's 41 years. a whole long time. He started pushing the Royal Navy to find a Northwest Passage over the top of Canada and toward the North Pole. Over the next four decades, explorers John Ross, David Buchanan, William Perry, Frederick Beachy, James Ross, George Black, Peter Deese, and Thomas Simpson led productive expeditions to the Canadian Arctic. John Franklin traveled to the region in 1818 and as second-in-command in the ships of Dorothea and Trent. Franklin was then the leader of the two successful overland expeditions to and along the Canadian Arctic coast in 1819 to 1822 and 1825 to 1827. So boy knows what's up. He's fucking been selling the seven seas. He's showing girls what's up. He likes to kiss them. He goes to a port. You got pee, Nick? Oh, it's okay if you got pee. Yeah, that's what I'd say if I was going to pee. <laughs> it's okay if you're coughing and you got to pee, dog. It's, it's not Corona, I swear to God. Fuck, just... this dude, if, if we're canceled in a week, write a letter to Nick. You can find him at I like to hump handsome fellas at gmail.com. Not there's anything wrong with that. And you can send him a letter. Yep. Please do. We, we will. That's so. Nick likes to hump <laughs> handsome fellas. <laughs> yeah, Fuck yeah, quick. let's take a shot. Let's shoot about that, baby. Get this Fedgers Fedgers raspberry we had in the reserves. Fuck, I keep this going on. I gotta get a shot glass. Yeah, it turns out Clint cannot pour shots. Uh, dude, you, might, you have better luck just pouring it straight down your dude, fucking throat, dude. it's all my face. Yeah, I feel like Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's not, not the first time I've heard Clint say that. Fuck you. Oh, shit, that's kind of gross, huh? Dude, that, that's Fedka <laughs> raspberry, dude. Like, oh, that, that's Fedka. Just, it, you, you know... I mean, it's kind of cliche, but like everyone has that alcohol that they look at and just cringe. Like yeah. Svedka Citron just literally makes me want to fucking just crawl what? under Did you a get rock. too drunk on it one time? Or yeah, what? too drunk. Uh, like if yeah. I, yeah, I could, yeah. All right. There's all these fucking sirens going off. I live by a fire station. It's not cops. People aren't getting killed. But anyway, I like yeah, Nick. Things are getting set on fire. I like Nick <laughs> because he is an adventurous man and he's also strikingly handsome. He always makes good decisions. Not and that's what's fun about having a friend. So tell us some more of the story, Jake. By 1845, the unknown parts of the Canadian Arctic that might contain the Northwest Passage had shrunk to a quadrilateral area of about 70,000 square miles. The next expedition would sail to this area, heading west through Lancaster Sound, then west and south over sea or ice to find the passage. The distance would be about 1,040 miles. Barrow was an 82-year-old at this time and was nearing the end of his career, old as Fuck. 82 years old and he's in control of like all these guys. Dude, and this is 1800. Yeah, that's what, yeah, 82 yeah, is old now. Like that guy was ancient. Yeah, I wonder dude, what he was doing. Dude, back then if you had a, needed a hearing aid, they'd get a fucking they'd get like a horn and you'd put it in your ear and you'd be like, "Hey there, what'd you say?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, like, con- I just want to know the condition of this man. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Like Nick, what's his name, Beethoven? Don't worry, Carter. You're fine. I'm, 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 oh, you I'm so sorry. I'm you so call them you call them Rick. <laughs> Sorry, Carter. <laughs> Stop. Nick, and when you're 82, what do you want to where do you want to be in life? I think I'm going to be one of those guys that's like, you know, a cool like 73 and then just be done, you know? Like <laughs> 73 sounds great. Like 82, dude. Like well, then again, like the generation we're in like who knows? By the time we're eighty-two, we might have like like fake organs, and like we might be alive forever. So who knows? We don't have enough money for that. That's <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna like, be. We're, yeah, that'll we're be the elite. Be, Jeff Bezos is gonna live to be two hundred oh, years old. I fucking hate They're that. They're gonna man. fucking yeah. sacrifice virgins to keep that dude alive, but we're <laughs> fucking dead right now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, ain't no one sacrificing a fucking virgin for us. Yeah, dude. You never know. You might. Yeah, get Carter that. might sacrifice himself for us. That'd be sick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's a virgin. <laughs> 
<laughs> Maybe that's the therapy they're giving him right now in rehab. They're like letting him fuck girls. They're like, dude, it feels way better in your hand. No, trust me, that's not what's happening. <laughs> they're tying him to a fucking. They're tying him to a radiator and just whipping him, whipping him all day, dude. It's reverse psychology, dude. They're showing him pictures of pornography. They they throw cold water on him, dude. And he's like, ah! <laughs> he's like, oh, he's getting his ass beat. Yeah, I love you, Carter. Oh, dude, guy. he's been writing us letters. They don't let him. They they have to keep his hands chained. For obvious reasons. Yeah, obviously. Yes. So they only let him write for about eight minutes a day. So they're pretty short messages, but they're just like, hey, I'm good. I love you. And I'm like, all right, Carter. Love you too, baby. So Barrow thought that they were close to finding the Northwest Passage, possibly through an ice-free open polar sea around the North Pole. His first choice of command to lead the expedition, William Perry, declined. He was tired of exploring the Arctic. Barrow's second choice... James Ross couldn't go because he promised his wife he was done with polar exploration. His third choice, James Fitzjames, was considered too young by the Admiralty. Another choice was Francis Crozier because his humble birth and because he was an Irish man, he was passed over. Barrow reluctantly settled on 59-year-old John Franklin, which I guess is just because he's old. Yeah. I There's also like a thing. I think he has experience. Dude, old. can you imagine, like, you're, like, trying to talk to your girlfriend, you're like, baby. I'm going to go explore the Arctic for a year and a half. She's like, where do you fucking think you're going? I ain't waiting for you. So two ships were going to be sent for the expedition, the HMS Erebus and the HMS Terror. Erebus means the darkness under the earth. It's from classical mythology, imagined either as the abode for sinners after death or for all the dead. That's a crazy badass name. The definition of terror, for those of you guys that don't know, it's two bean burritos in your stomach having a fist fight with last night beers in your butthole and it's trying to sweat its way out because you're 22 minutes from home and things are not looking your way. You know what I mean? You ever had those times when you're just like turtle heading and you know you got suede seats and you like got to start driving quick like it's fast and furious? Yeah, I've never had suede seats, but yeah. So both had been used for James Ross's expedition to the Antarctic in 1841 and 1844, during which Crozer had commanded terror. Franklin had given command of the Erebus. Crozer had appointed executive officer and was made commander of the terror. So these are like very seaworthy fucking vessels. And James Fitzjames was appointed second in command of the Herberus. Franklin received command on February 7th, 1845, and was given the, his official instructions May 5th of 1945. So it's like... 1845. 18, what did I say? 1945. Oh, all right. This Webster just, Dictionary over here. Fuck you, Jay. I'm just curious. Like, does it... Like maybe you guys already know, and maybe it gets to it later. Why they? Why would they ever name it the Terror? Like that just sounds like a ship that's going to disappear. You don't want to ride on know. something that's not bad. Like the Erebus. Erebus. Dude, no one. Like, no one wants to ride on the SS Carter or the SS Kevin. You want to hear a badass name? Yeah, but Erebus. That's like. And granted, I don't know what Erebus means, but <laughs> you just said. Uh, like, <laughs> oh, he did what? Yeah. It means it's like the, it's like the darkness. Where all the sinners will be sent. Oh, Jesus. So, like, they're both terrible names for a ship. Yeah, like, these ships actually, were destined to disappear. Yeah, you're kind of right, Nick, because they don't name ships like this normally. Yeah, no, like, like, there's some badass names, but most of them yeah, it's, it's like... named after, like, Ronald Reagan or something now. But back then, they were named after... I don't know much badass. about ships, but it's like Mayflower. Like, that's... that's just, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful Mayf ship. Yeah, Mayflower does sound pretty. Yeah. Dude, if you met a girl named Mayflower, you know her parents drove, like, a VW bus... And they don't shave their legs. Not there's anything wrong. Yo, I'm gonna grab another beer. I'm, I'm thirsty, dude. Aren't you guys thirsty? I mean, I have a, a whole like unopened thing of fucking. Tree. All right, I'll grab that. Wait for me. Read, 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 Nick. 
All right, where are we at <laughs> here? Damn. So May 19th, 1845, the HMS Erebus and its sister ship, the HMS Terror, sailed out of the River Thames. Together, they carried 128 officers and men who were under the command of Sir John Franklin. Their mission was to locate and transit the fabled Northwest Passage, which was a long-sought pathway from the Atlantic to the Pacific Ocean through Canada's Arctic inlets, a journey which had cost many vessels and lives. This was Sir John Franklin's third attempt to find the Northwest Passage. Two months after setting sail, both ships were spotted at Baffin Bay, just east of the passage's entrance. This was the last time they were seen by the Europeans. Fuck, dude. It's like, Nick, how long would you wait for me if I was lost at sea? How long could you go without hearing from me before you like thought I was dead? A couple days. I might just have to start assuming the worst, <laughs> man. Like, there's, there's what are you gonna do? Call me? Like, yeah, it's been 15 minutes. Clint's yeah. dead. All right, send me a fucking pigeon, dude, or something. Yeah, like, so the ship sailed from Britain to what is now Nunavut in northern Canada. Nunavut means our land in the Inuit language. Inuits are the Native Americans that are in northern Canada. They don't prefer the term Eskimos. It's kind of offensive. So the Franklin expedition was one of the most well-equipped expeditions of the day. The HMS Terror and the HMS Herberus were originally warships. They were watertight compartments to prevent flooding. These things were fucking hardcore. And they were reinforced with extra planking at the bow and waterline. And the hold was sealed off into these watertight compartments to prevent that flooding. <laughs> they also had a stove <laughs> in the ship, which connected to a series of pipes throughout the ship to provide central heating, which was a new innovation at the time. Badass. That's how you flex on the ladies. You pull up in a ship. They got heating, baby. And so in 1845, both ships were fitted with iron cheating, and they were both installed with huge steam engines that ran on a propeller. The propeller would be able to push them through the ice as well as using the wind from the sails. The engines were originally used in locomotives and had been converted for use in ships. For those of y'all that were born per, like before 1999, locomotives are, are trains, they're choo-choos, woo-woo, up in this bitch. So propellers would be able to push them through the ice as well as their sails. I didn't know where you were. Sorry. <laughs> the ships could make about four knots or 7.4 kilometers per hour. Dude, why the fuck would you... I'm Jake... You used two different terms that mean nothing to us as Americans. It's, it's really slow. I think a regular ship goes like 10 to 20 knots. Yeah. That's what I said. That's they, what they use for ships. They don't use... Yeah, they use it for planes too. They use knots. They use knots for planes? Yeah. Really? They, that's why they call knots nautical. So uh, they say nautical knots a lot in a lot of writing, but knots they use <coughs> for planes too. So using steam power, they could then use the sails to gain speed or save fuel. There was a system of iron wells that would allow the propeller and rudders to be withdrawn into the hull so they wouldn't be fucking damaged when they're doing all this wild stuff. So the ships were stocked with over three three years' worth of canned or preserved food. The tinned food was supplied by a provisioner, Stefan Goldner, who won the contract on April 1st, 1845. April Fool's joke. <laughs> 1845. 1845, what's said. Which was only seven weeks before the expedition set off, so he doesn't have a lot of time to do this. So Goldner rushed to fill the order of 8,000 cans, but ended up fucking up a lot of them. Some of the tins were sealed improperly. A lot of them actually had lead soldering, quote, dripping like melted candle wax down the inside of the surface, unquote. They also had 1,008 pounds of raisins, 32,289 pounds of preserved meat. Yeah, that's what I got, girl. Just kidding. And 580 (laughs) gallons of pickles, which Carter would love because he fucking loves pickles. 
So most of the crew were from Northern England, some of them from Ireland and Scotland. The only officers with experience in the Arctic were Franklin Crozer, Lieutenant Graham Gore, and an assistant surgeon with two Ice Masters. Ice Masters, that's, I bet that's what Vanilla Ice puts on his resume. I'm an Ice Master. Yeah, dude. I bet he has a song named Ice Master. Just, what is an Ice Master? Just like like an ice specialist? I think he's yeah. the dude that runs <laughs> master out. Of ice, okay. I think he's the dude that runs out in front of the ship and like breaks the ice up. No, they all kind of do that, but the Ice Master knows like the specific kinds of ice, like what kind of buildup they're coming into. Right. Dude, wouldn't you, you like know? love to see Vanilla Ice and Ice Cube just fight? Yeah. Oh, yeah. who do you think would okay, win? Yeah, yeah, never mind. Nick, that would, that would, would be a fight. Who do you think would win? I think Ice Cube would murder him, obviously. Really? I, no, dude, Ice Cube's kind of chubby. Vanilla Ice? Dude, it's Ice Cube. Dude, but Vanilla Boys Ice is always hard. Vanilla Ice is going to church, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Will you tell us about some extra info, Nick? You handsome. This extra info here. Franklin had been lieutenant governor of Demon's Land, or Diamond's Land, whatever, 1837 through 1845, which is now Tasmania, Australia. Franklin's crew had two members that were related to explorers in Australia who would later die on expeditions. Seems like a, a, a pretty ongoing pattern there. Uh, Commander Henry Lay Visconti was the first cousin of William John Wills, who was the co-leader of the Burke and Wills expedition in 1861. They were the first to cross the Australian mainland from south to north, and they both died on return on the return journey. William Gibson on HMS Terror was the older brother of Alfred Gibson, who had disappeared on an expedition in 1847 led by Ernest Giles. They were crossing the deserts of Western Australia from east to west, and he was honored in the naming of Gibson Desert. And so Dude. this was in 1874, basically. So this was after all this happened, Dude. and they're related to these people that were Already on this parish. How badass yeah. would it be to be an explorer back in the day? I mean, it doesn't no, sound like it'd be all. badass at all. They all die. Like, <laughs> But if you live, that's pretty sick. Because they're, they're funded by the government. Like, the Royal Navy is yeah. the dudes that send the Franklin Expedition out. So it's like, you got a government job with government benefits, which back then was a donkey would kiss you on the mouth if your lips were sore. So, like, it's not it's not the best job. But, dude, you get to do badass shit, man. Don't you want to be doing gangster stuff? If you were some of the stuff you could be doing. It's true. Yeah. If you were, uh, like, already at kind of high class or something, and you just went on one expedition and survived... That would be sick because you're going to get, like, recognized for a long time. But if you were, like, Crozier, the Irish guy, yeah. who's been on, like, numerous expeditions, and he's I think he's sailed since he was, like, 13 years old, and that guy got no fucking respect. He ended up being the captain of the Terror in, in this journey, but still he wasn't, like, respected. Didn't they say he, he was passed over because he was Irish? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. In his, his low birth, quote-unquote. Even birth. though he'd been in it since he was 13. Yeah, Dude, 13 knew, like, is, a lot more about You're so done. fucking young at 13. What was your favorite band at 13, Nick? 13, dude, probably Green Day. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the Bloodhound Gang or something. No, I think it was. At least I think it was. Cool. I think it was. Well, I was born in '92, so when I was 13, yeah, I think it was Green Day, dude. Wow. If I had what to was guess. yours, Jake? Um, uh, 13. I did like Bloodhound Gang. I don't. That wasn't my favorite. I liked a bunch <laughs> of shit. Yeah, yeah when true. I was 13. That's 13. I can hardly read, so I don't. I don't know. When I was best. 13, I definitely. I probably shouldn't say the store's name, but we had a store that's closed down now, and uh, I definitely stole the American Idiot album, and like that's the first thing I ever shoplifted. So, 
Wow. Yeah, War memories. Oh, you know what I did? The first, when I was 13, I got my first uh, stereo system in my room. And it was like an old school, like yeah. big ass stereo system. Oh, Kim, I think Kim has the same one, actually. Oh, yeah. That was in her room. She did. Yeah. And so, Audio Slave. That was my favorite band. Yeah, my oldest sister, Kim. First she did have the same radio system. When I was 13, I didn't know real music existed. And my dad had XM radio at the time, which was like cutting edge. So I would listen to old time music, like this. XM is- Radio's been out that long. Yeah, dude, he used to have like an old one that was like a fucking actual like, like it was like an old fucking radio. What came first, XM yeah. or Sirius? They both came pretty close at the same time. XM yeah. was a little bit older, and then Sirius ended up buying out XM. I knew that, but yeah, I, yeah. yeah. So he had an XM Radio. I so I listened to the oldie station. I thought that was badass, but I didn't really know shit about music back then. So I listened to a ton of like top forty. I'd turn onto our local radio station here and get wild. I'd hear Shakira and be like Shakira, Shakira. Dude. Ooh, baby, when you talk like that. I grew up with my grandparents, and, like, they just listen to country music, like, old school. So it's, like, dude, my childhood, like, I've just, I know so many lyrics to, like, Toby Keith and Alan Jackson and Kenny Chesney. Like, lyrics that I don't give a flying fuck about, but, like, they're in my head. I know them all. Like, I could sit down if I gave myself an hour, I believe, that I could just write, like, an entire <laughs> album of country songs and like <laughs> like i had a whole song written about a chew ring in your jeans just totally just fucking around making fun of it and no dude there's there's songs about it already it's insane like <laughs> we call him cowboy nick do you want to sing one of your songs nick uh, i'd have to let, let me uh let me think of something before this is over i'll definitely give you a taste for okay sure. you sing a song and i'll sing a song do you guys think you could instantly do in like a country accent hello there hello all y'all how you living how y'all doing? Yeah, I think I could do it. Yeah, I could do it. If you have a little bit of twang, then yeah, you're in. I dude, just drove country. my Ford pickup in here, and you know what? It was running great. But fuck Chevy, am I right? <laughs> just got to talk about your truck, your dog, your chew, and Mountain Dew. And I tell you, I'm dating a cute that's little it. thing. <laughs> dude, we're going to have so much Clint, I don't think you could do it. You know what accent I do hate? Is the British people that talk with a list. They're like the high-class British people, and they talk with a lisp like this. You're not going like, to like the story I wrote down tonight. Fuck, thanks for, thanks for getting Is that me. what he sounds like in the story? I don't know. He's pretty cockney. He doesn't sound good. Hello, I'm Captain... Hello there, governor! No, I don't mind like a cockney accent. I don't like the like the lisp and like the... Yeah, it's not like that. Oh, okay. No, cockney's funny. We'll get there. Okay, anyway. sorry. I, I took us <laughs> off the rails. Thanks. So the expedition set sail from Greenhithe, Kent, on the morning of May 19, 1845, with a crew of 24 officers and 110 men. They stopped briefly in Stromness, Orkney Islands, in northern Scotland, and from there they sailed to Greenland with HMS Rattler and a transport named Barreto Jr. Barreto Sr. actually sells guns behind Kmart with no numbers. Their numbers are filed off, so that's sick. So the passage of the Greenland <laughs> took 30 days. At the Whalefish Islands in Disco Bay, on the west coast of Greenland, 10 oxen carried on the Barreto transport ship were slaughtered for fresh meat and transferred to the Eberus and Terror. That's a lot of fucking oxen, bro. <laughs> it so, was four fresh meat. I, I, I said a four. I don't, know. I don't know why you typed that up, Jake. <laughs> I meant four. I, I just I accidentally did it. You're talking shit all the time I do about punctuation. Fuck you now, Jake. So crew members wrote their last letters home. Many of them talked about Captain Franklin banning swearing and drunkenness. Five men were discharged <laughs> due to dick sickness and sickness. What I say? 
You said dick sickness. Is oh, what I thought. <laughs> dick, dude, dick sickness is serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what Carter has. And you can get that if you're on the seas, bro. Especially if you can't swear or drink. Fuck, that's and what your dick is sick. Do, that's what sailors do, bro. <laughs> yeah. They get a sick dick and they swear. And so they were sent home on Radler and Barreto Jr., which reduced the crew from 129 men late 1984. 19, I'm sorry, 1845. The whalers, Prince of Wales, and Enterprise encountered Terror and Eberus in Baffin Bay, where they were waiting for good conditions to cross Lancaster Sound. This was the last time they were seen by Europeans. So, dude, this is wild as fuck. Can you imagine how lucky you'd feel if you were on an expedition and they're like, listen, you're swearing too much, your dick is sick, you need to go the fuck home, and then all those people died? You'd be like, I dodged a bullet there, baby. Glad that dick was sick. <laughs> dude, Glad Listerine, sick. This, is a, this, this has nothing to do with the story, but Listerine back in the day, they thought Listerine, like the mouthwash, was good for clearing up gonorrhea. So people would dip their wiener and their sack in Listerine, and I thought I'd clean them gonorrhea. Did it work? No. So please don't do that because it'll burn your shit. It'll Isn't burn... Listerine like alcohol based? <sighs> yeah, but it fucking hurts. It's not good. Don't put your dick in that. But alcohol won't. What is gonorrhea? It's bacteria? I don't know. You I take pills for it. it. I don't, I don't know. Virus, I don't know. Anyway, tell us a little more, Nick. Information after this has been pieced together by expeditions, explorers, scientists, and interviews with the native Inuit people. Franklin's men spent the winter of 1845 and 46 on Beachy Island. I mean, that seems like the lazy. I mean, maybe I'm I'm just an idiot, but Beachy Island. Like, yeah, if you guys remember, that was one of the explorers in the 1700s that we oh, talked about too. Okay, anyways, uh, Beachy Island, where three crew members died and were buried after traveling down Peel Sound through the summer of 1846. Terror and Erebus became trapped in ice. Man, you got it. Oh, Clint. I won't say what you did, but you Dude, did that it. that wasn't me! <laughs> but you did it. Summer of 1846, Terror and Erebus became trapped in ice off King William Island in 1848, which was the only written information regarding the expedition's progress. The note states that Franklin... The note states that Franklin had died on June 11th, 1847... The crew had wintered off King William Island across the sea towards the Back River on the Canadian mainland beginning on April 26, 1848. 18, April 26, 1848. Sorry, sublime. Uh, in addition to Franklin, eight other officers and 15 men had also died at this point. The rest of the crew died on the march, mostly on the island. 30 or 40 men reached the northern coast of the mainland before dying hundreds of miles from the nearest outpost of Western civilization. Damn. Damn. What was the song you were saying? 1846, 1992. There was a ride in the streets. Tell me, where were you? It's sublime. <laughs> Is that the one about Rodney King where he got his guitar? Uh, yeah, That's exactly. I got the guitar that I'm yeah. playing today. <laughs> Yeah. So, so woman, she was buying some pampas. Sorry, anyways. Not buying. <laughs> she stole those pampas. Yeah, damn. <laughs> During the riots. Classy. She... <laughs> so the examination. Experts now agree that the ship probably got caught up on ice in the Victoria Strait between Kings Island and Victoria Island. Discoveries popped up that have been helped. Piecemeal? Piecemeal. Piecemeal. I have not heard that. Piecemeal things together? Like a hooskow. No, I've never Fuck heard that. Fuck you. Don't bring up the hooskow, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Discoveries popped up that have helped piecemeal a timeline and map of what happened to the ship 
In 1850, searchers from America and Britain found three four-year-old graves on a small empty piece of land known as Beachy Island. 140 years later, these graves would for the first time be exhumed, now evidence of the peril and gruesome downside to exploration. In 1854, an explorer from Scotland named John Ray began speaking with Pelly Bay Inuits that had items used on the Franklin expedition. The local native people also pointed Ray into the direction of a pile of bones, many of which were cracked in half. This led to rumors that the days of the explorers were plagued with cannibalism. Cannibalism is the act of eating ass and then just not stopping. The Inuits told Ray they had seen cooking pots with human remains in them. Ray told these findings to Royal Navy officials. This morbid news blew up in the newspapers in London. Charles Dickens dismissed this report from Ray by saying it was the vague babble of savages. I don't know that that's how he sounds. Kind of racist, but a badass band name. Dude, oh, dude, yeah. Dude, the babble of savages? That's so the sick. The vague babble of savages. Dude, that's so dude, sick. That is good. Oh, Fuck yeah. Charles Dickens. I'm in. That's racist as Fuck, I'm going to download them tonight, dude. <laughs> so researchers in the 1980s to 1990s, I'm sorry, yeah, 1980s to 1990s, confirmed these findings by examining knife marks left on the bones. Experts concluded that the final survivors cracked open the bones to extract marrow in the last-ditch attempt to prolong their life. It's likely that the people that were eaten had died of starvation. So they're already fucking dead. It's like they're just taking their shit. It's like when you see a dead guy on the road and you take his wallet, like he's already dead. He doesn't need that 25 bucks. How many dead guys are you just running into on the I'm road? I'm not Carter, dude. You're going to steal 25 bucks from a dead guy? Uh, Jack Torrington and two other bodies were found. These quote-unquote mummies were extremely well-preserved due to the cold and ice. Skin still hung to the bones. That's gnarly. John Torrington was unknown in life, but his body and face became notorious after anthropologist Owen Beatty exhumed his body over several trips in in the 1980s. This is going to be dumb, but what does exhumed mean? Just examined? They just pulled his body out. They undug him up up. after a body's buried. Yeah, I know that was stupid. Um, Torrington was found under five feet of permafrost with a handwritten note nailed to his coffin. The note said that he was 20 when he died on January 1st, 1846. Shitty New Year's. <laughs> I didn't think of that. January 1st. Like, yeah, good for you. You're dead. The crew used warm water to thaw out the mummies in 1986. Like when a dog's balls get frozen to a wooden deck. That's what happens, dude. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to pour hot water on them. That guys. happened to you? No, remember in, in Joe Dirt? That's Joe Dirt. That's yeah. Yeah. There we go, there we go. He's like, they're going to use special. He's like, that'll hurt the dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, was, was, that, was, that was good. Yeah. What was that movie? I was, because I was thinking Joe Dirt, but I was picturing the movie. What's the movie where he's like the uncle to those two kids and that little girl raps, you know? Like oh, brick, shit. wall, waterfall, dicky, something dicky. Dickie thinks he's got it all, but he don't. Oh, is that the one where he's a child star? Dickie Robinson? Child star, yeah. Yeah, Dickie Robinson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been a long time. (laughs) All right. right. Jack Torrington had shells for buttons on his trousers and was covered in a thin linen. Torrington was also lying on some thin wood chips. He was perfectly preserved. His haunting blue eyes gazed up towards the heavens for over 130 years. Torrington's body was had no wounds or trauma and his brain had yellowed, which I guess is a way investigators can tell his body was kept warm immediately after death. 
The survivors immediately began to prepare a proper burial for Torrington. His body had high levels of lead poisoning. The other 126 likely all suffered from the malprepared food cans. Even though Torrington was 5'4", he was only 88 pounds when they found him. You mean even though he was 5'4", five, like five, 88 pounds sounds like totally believe five four is tiny bro bro i'm five seven yeah, but fuck idiot. you i'm, I'm <laughs> doing my best dude, That's dude right. how tall are you it's, nick it's six one so fuck i'm not you. even how that tall how tall are you jake i'm six foot but i also say six one i want to say i want to say i'm a right alert yeah, I'm y'all six foot two. fuck y'all i tell i used to tell girls i was five nine i'm definitely five seven any guy that says yeah. he's five nine that he ain't five nine <laughs> well, right. do we know what torrington what was he was he just a crew man yeah, he okay. only had a BMI of 15, which is pretty low, and many examinations were conducted, but now official conclusion was made on what exactly killed Torrington. So they did all this work, and they couldn't like say, hey, this is what killed this motherfucker. So experts believe it could have been starvation, exposure, and lead poisoning. The man next to Jack Torrington was John Hartnell. Hartnell was so well-preserved, they could still see the red ringlets of his hair surrounding his head. So when you look up photos of him, dude, it's fucking wild. It looks like he's a, he looks like a lady because he has such long red hair. One of the crew members and photographers of the expedition was Brian Spensley. And he was actually the great, great nephew of Hartnell. So he's related to the dude he's digging up and taking photos of. How fucking wild is that? Dude, so crazy. Dude, think about, dude, your grandfather, great grandfather, I don't care who you are. Your great-grandfather was badass. Like, we're kind of bitches now. Like, we would totally crumble if we were on this long-term expedition. They didn't have Wi-Fi, and you're shitting in a hole. Like, things are not going your way, bro. But back then, they didn't even have modern dentistry. Like, when your teeth were, like, falling out, motherfucker showed up with pliers, ripped that shit out, and then, like, you just ate soft foods, and you died if you could eat a good enough diet. Like, people were so hardcore back then. So, uh, the man... So, like I said, it was his great-grandson... And after Greg and grandnephew, I'm sorry, uh, after crews had finished their studies, the bodies were returned to the Lonely Island to slumber for the end of time. So after these guys got dug up, dug up, they put him back, which I think is like actually dope as fuck. It's like that's where fate decided they should be. I think it's sick they just they, they returned him there. So yeah. 30 years after the finding of the bodies, the ships that brought these men there. Um, they were discovered, man, under all this ice. So in 2014, the Everest was found in 36 feet of water just off King Williams Island. It was just three decades shy of being 200 years old since it set sail from merry old England. In 2016, the Terror was also discovered in a bay that was under 80 feet of water. The Terror had sunk only 45 miles away from the Everest. So they're underwater, they're sunk, and they're far distance away. Jake, tell us about the finding of the Northwest Bay. And Clint's saying Eberus, but it's Erebus. Erebus. But you know what? What, what am good. I saying? What am I saying? Eberus. You've called it a couple different things. You know what? Well, right here, Eberus. you've spelled it a couple different ways, too. It was spelled Erebus at first, and now it's spelled Arabius. All right. Everybody's a fucking expert. I'm doing my best over here, dude. Well, I wrote the first, like, three pages or whatever, and then Clint wrote the other half, so that's... Jake, fuck you. Erebus sounds like a badass Harry Potter character. Erebus, like yeah. What about Arabius? Arabius. I don't know. He sounds like a... Sounds like a place the pyramids would be built. Arabius, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. So this part's kind of fucked up. So Franklin's expedition explored the vicinity of what was ultimately one of the many Northwest passages to be discovered. In 1850, Robert McClear set out 
on the little-known McClure Arctic Expedition on the HMS Investigator. That's a pretty cool name. Yeah, that's way better than Terror. Yeah, Fuck yeah, dude. 90, the Investigator. Dude, over ninety expeditions went to find these guys over the course of many years, like even up till today. Ninety expeditions went out to find these dudes. Yeah, and what they say too is that if Franklin's expedition had actually went and then come back, they wouldn't have gained as much knowledge about the Arctic as they would have since his ship sank and all these people were trying to find him. They gained like a ton of information. So it was actually a plus. It's kind of poetic. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of. So um, the investigator, investigator set out to find what happened to Franklin's voyage. While he did not find much evidence of Franklin's voyage, he did find an icebound route that connected the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean. This was the Prince Wales Strait, which was far north of Franklin's ships. Although McClure survived, he also had immense challenges. The HMS investigator was lost, and the expedition had to survive four winters on ice. Ultimately, what saved them was placing a lot of messages in cairns along his route. Uh, Cairns are basically like stacks of rocks that they would make. Since this uh, landscape was so flat and it was just snow, they would stack up rocks like big stacks of rocks so people that were trying to find them would see these stacks of rocks and then they would put a message in the middle of the rocks and it was basically like we went like the day and then we went this way so they could find them yeah totally so they were eventually rescued by the hms resolute and after some controversy mcclure was knighted for his discovery he may not actually have a claim to find the northwest passage his crew never actually traversed the strait that he found they chose portage over banks island instead Although none of his crew or none of the crew from Franklin's expedition survived, Franklin may still have a claim to finding the Northwest Passage. Human remains were found inland on the Adelaide Peninsula, which may have involved walking across the Simpson Strait, which is now known as a way through the Atlantic to the Pacific. In 1860, Francis McClintock proved that Simpson Strait was definitely a Northwest Passage. To honor John Franklin's legacy, the Royal Geographical Society declared that his lost expedition was the first to discover the passage, and Lady Franklin was given a medal in his name. The passage would not be fully navigated by boat until 1906. Fuck. Which Nick, is fucking crazy. I would give you a kidney if you need one. I fucking love you. Give me a kidney? Dude, my left kidney actually only functions like 30%. I had to have surgery as a kid and shit. Like, I could use your kidney. Dog, my kidneys are But fat. your other kidney's good? <laughs> my kidneys yeah, are Yeah, my, my, my one is... Fine, but yeah, I have one that like still is daily functions. So I'm just saying, put your money where your mouth is. Dude, dude. fuck, like, do I fuck around? <laughs> I'll call the HMO right now. now, baby. We'll get you hooked up with a free kidney. Jake, fuck you and your kidneys. No, don't fuck you, Jake. Like, go get a, a little cooler with some ice. Like, we we gotta <laughs> we're gonna do this. Like, <laughs> this, this is basically turned soul, into a kidney transplant. Soul, this is all recorded, so Clint, you're held liable to the what you said. I'm gonna hold you get liable a lawyer, too. Dude, no, he's like, fucking good. <laughs> Nick's like all stoked. He's like, actually, do you have two? You need both of them. No. I know I'm not tripping. But I would give no, you that surgery that. happened when I was like, well, that that's a true story, but it's little, you know. I'm a grown man now, Damn. and I seem to be peeing just fine. So yeah, I remember well, when you told me that. I love you. I didn't, I've never heard that shit before in my life. So questions that remain: Why was the Eberus, is that Erebus Erebus so far from the timber? Terror. Terror. I'm I'm drunk. The timber. You guys, I'm, I'm sorry. No, it's all good. After I, six pages, it gets. Harder. I start fucking up when I when I read and I'm drunk. So the ships. Should have been much closer, especially while navigating through ice-infested waters. Researchers in 2016 explored the downed ships. They sent a drone in. So it's like a drone that's like a diving machine that videoed a very intact hole. But bottles in the mess hall were still very much intact with their contents being preserved 
perfectly for over 170 years. Why did the terrace sink and find itself at the bottom of an icy grave? Ryan Harris, one of the archaeologists, had this to say about the ship's condition. Quote, the ship isn't amazingly intact. You look at it and find it hard to believe this is a 170-year-old shipwreck. There's no obvious reason for the terror to have sunk, said Harris. It's, it wasn't crushed by ice, and there's no breach in the hull. Yet it appears to have sunk swiftly and suddenly and gently settled to the bottom. I just want to say this real quick. Ryan Harris also is a guy that used to play offensive line for the Broncos, so shout out that guy. <laughs> shout out. That's, that's the same guy. So, yeah, he, 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 got, he wasn't doing good. Yeah, he so got yeah. cut by the Broncos, now he's an archaeologist. Yeah, so, so good for him. I don't know if that's a step down or a step up. Yeah, that's a good job. He's talking to uh, he, he sucked in the NFL, so yeah. it's a step up for sure. Dude, I think it's weird that dating profiles have you mention what you do as a profession. It's kind of fucked up. So in 2018, DNA was taken from tube samples, and 24 DNA profiles were constructed to help identify who was in who was who inside the graves. Lakehead University Anthropology Department concluded that the lead poisoning levels might not have been as high as once thought, and maybe that did not play a big role in the death of these explorers. Some people were saying lead poisoning played a, played a factor in the shit. Some people were saying nah, it wasn't even a big deal. There's a fuckload of spooky theories. Jacob, let me tell me tell me about them. Do you want to do the spooky stories first, or the um, regular ones that it could have been? Do do this. Just read it. Okay. Hey, damn, dude. I'm sorry. Chill out. Clint gets, so, Clint gets so angry when he's drunk. It kind of scares me. Yeah, he's a really scary guy. No, I'm handsome. I almost didn't even come. I was terrified. I was like, he's going to be drinking. Like, <laughs> I don't blame you, but it's like you can't not come. He'll be out. swearing his belly button will be out. What's up? <laughs> the Inuit claim to have seen the body and remains of a giant with long teeth on board one of the ships before it sank. What was this giant corpse? The researchers found the cannibalism had been a factor, but there was still some food left when the explorers died. What does this mean for the cut marks? 200 message cylinders were taken to record progress of the journey. One, one, <laughs> one rec record was ever found. What? Were you drunk when you were writing no, this? Oh, no, no, I know what you meant. Only one record was ever found as being recorded. Uh, I don't know. Some people suggest the records were hidden or suppressed. This could be because Franklin didn't like doing this, and he thought the graves would be enough of a message. It also could be that the notes were destroyed by weather, or the elements, or that the brass caps were valuable to local Inuits, and that the paper inside wasn't. All right, let's talk about that before we move on. So what I'm saying is, is that these, these local Inuits said that when they saw the boat, there was a giant's remains, like a tall motherfucker, and they saw they were transporting him. So could they have been there doing something suspicious? I don't know. Tell me, Nick. Sounds suspicious as fuck. The giant man. was doing something suspicious? No, the, the guys were transporting a body of a giant. Maybe that's what they were there, they were there doing giant research. I don't know. I, I'm oh, not saying, maybe. Fuck, this is a, something that we could really use Carter for, right? Doesn't he a giant himself? He's six, <laughs> Again, I've never that's met the guy. I've just yeah. heard about He's this gargantuan. Tall. Dude, he can't even come into regular hallways, bro. He has to duck down. And so researchers also found that cannibalism has been a factor, but they had all that food left over. Maybe they stopped eating because they were sick because of the lead poisoning, or maybe it's all a conspiracy and it's bullshit. Well, because some of the seals were fucked up too, some of the food would, would have been spoiled. They might not have even known about the allegedly, lead poisoning. Allegedly. Well, it had to have been. If it wasn't sealed properly, it would have got Fuck spoiled you, after two you years. Don't know. So, so maybe they're like, oh, fuck this, like all the food's bad. Totally. 
So there's 200 messages, cylinders, but they didn't do a ton of recording. Like they didn't write a ton. And maybe that's because the guy thought like, yo, we're going to die. I don't want to report. And like, it's like, do you ever watch those NFL players, Nick, that lose a game? And then after the game, reporters ask him like, why do you think you lost? And they get all frustrated. Like, I don't know. This fucking yeah, it's like, why the fuck are you supposed to say? And like, exactly. So yeah. if all your crew members are dying, maybe that's why you fucking don't write a ton of letters. But yeah, <laughs> maybe on the opposite side, they wrote letters and there were brass caps on each one of these cylinders and the Inuits were like, yo, brass is fucking useful as fuck. Let's steal this shit. And they're like, this writing isn't even in our language. Let's burn it. Fuck it. Yeah. Maybe that's what happened. I'm not saying that's what happened. That's a fucking gross accusation, but that could have happened. Anyway. Did you guys watch the terror? I saw like eight minutes of it. Maybe. I oh, tried, weird, but good. the wife wasn't having it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, it's all good. I watched like three episodes, but so there's a book called the terror by Dan Simmons, I think is his name. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's loosely based off this. And then there's a TV show also on AMC that you guys should check out. It's on Hulu, but AMC made it. Uh, and it's also called The Terror. And it's pretty good. The TV series is actually loosely based on the book, so it's kind of fucked up. Like, I was listening to the book, and I was like, oh, I'll watch that TV series. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's not even close to the same. But in The, uh, in the Terror, they talk about, one, uh, Franklin was made fun of for eating shoes. So apparently he was like on an expedition and had to be saved, like one of those on like overland expeditions on foot, which I think would be harder than being on a boat. But anyway, him and his men had to like eat their shoes to survive. Would and be they hard made being, fun of him for it. What would be harder though, eating your own shoes or eating another man? Shoes. That'd be harder for you? Oh, eating. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. I know what I'm saying. I'm not getting confused. Rubber would hurt my stomach. Dude, fucking <laughs> people is just like... Tough beef. You know what I mean? Like, I can probably get over it. Dude. All right, fuck me. At least I'm being honest. Yeah, you're being honest. Dude, <laughs> my fucking Adidas right now have, like, Dr. Scholl inserts. I don't want to eat this Sorry, shit. But there's so much cannibalism talking here. Now this guy's eating his shoes. I just feel like he's a hero. He's eating shoes. Like, I mean, yeah, dude. Yeah, he's dude talking, he's, he's like, survived this, ate his shoes, and then he got made fun of. But I don't know if that's an actual true story or if that was just made up for the book. But then also Crozier, the Irishman, was supposedly, like, a drunk. And he was, like, prone to depression and stuff. And so he wasn't... Once they got stuck in the ice, I think the first year maybe he was okay. And then by the second year, he was just, like, a drunk fucking asshole. And he was just hanging out in a ship all the time. And so maybe that's why he wasn't making reports. He was just like, fuck this. This fucking sucks. Nick, what do you think this garage smells like? Describe it to me. I mean, seeing as you farted, like, six times since we've been here, I'd say... (laughs) (laughs) Fucking lying. (laughs) Wow. Make eye contact every time. (laughs) Anyway, you just winked wow. at me. Describe, like, I just looked at you and you describe, winked at describe me. Describe what you think it smells like quicker. Uh, let's see. Old wood. Uh, dude, I, I mean, there's definitely just like a hint of fart in the background. Like, I smell wow, it. Wow, Jake. Dude, fart. I can't smell anything. I think I have COVID. Yeah, it must be. Dude, it must get be the COVID. fuck out. <laughs> I'm going to Thanksgiving in five days. Anyway. Don't go to Thanksgiving, bro. You're not going to do that? No, we probably are. Just with my, like, like close family. Did you know those garages were like, this is random, and it's like the the house I moved into, the dude was a hunter, which my grandpa's a hunter, so I've been around it, I don't really care, but uh, the garage, like, you know that smell when, like, you you can tell, like, animals have been hung in the garage, like, that that smell is just, dude, like, my garage still smells like that, like, people come in, they're just like, oh, do you hunt? No, (laughs) like, I don't (laughs) smoke weed in here, that's it. There's pulley systems all the way throughout this garage, the previous guy was either hanging up deer or he was killing hookers. There's one on the on the back here at the top of the garage where you could pull up a fucking deer high. 
Oh, right? that's definitely what Would you move out immediately if you found out the previous owner just, like, hung dead hookers in here? Not if it was resellable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All right. Plant has no more. I would, do, I would do a fucking investigation. I call police. So tell us a little bit more, Jakey. So a wallet was located inside where notes written by Thomas Armitage, the gunroom steward. Did you just watch the Snapchat? Oh, sorry about that, guys. No, you're all good. I messed up. I love the... you. And Jesus Christ, I want to say you too, dog. Anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Anyway. I feel better. A wallet was located inside where notes written by Thomas Armitage, the gunroom steward, when the wallet was found on one of the skeletons, researchers first thought the notes were written in German. Further inspection found that they were written backwards. Theories about the papers widely vary. Perhaps they were the result of a brain infested with lead. Paranoid psycho was typing in code-like information. So like the, all these notes are fucking backwards. And perhaps this was proof of division among the ranks Notes were being written between the crew and code. The handwriting is acute and very skilled. So it's like, not like he's drunk and writing the shit. It's so well printed and in cursive. The papers include backward phrases like, who's in this coffee? Who is this coffee? Who is this coffee? I'm sorry, I'm drunk. And, oh, death, where is thy sting? That's pretty suspicious, bro. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, this guy's fucking writing all these crazy notes and they found it in his wallet. So another theory that is backed up by Inuit oral history is that the the men landed after ice stranded the ships. They began to mount a hunting trip. So they're like, fuck, all of our ships are like stuck in this ice. Let's kill some caribou. So they killed some caribou, chopped one of the boats out. By now, many men had died from exposure and pneumonia. So they could only chop ice around one boat because they didn't have enough men to man fucking one boat. So they are really short-staffed right now, like a fucking busy old Chicago and in a fucking city. So they they try to get the fuck out of Dodge in the Terror, but end up getting stuck 45 miles away and die there. So some people say that's why the ships were so far apart, is because like some of the dudes chopped out the ice, tried to sail away, then they got fucking stuck. That's definitely what it was, because if you have two stuck ships and you want to get home, you're going to just use one ship. Probably. Totally, the best one, you two. think, yeah. yeah. So it's like when, you're, when your fucking younger brother is trying to play... N64, so you give him the controller that's kind of fucked up because you want the good controller to play by yourself yeah. and like destroy him. Kick his ass at Smash Brothers. Yeah, dude. Or in fucking Mario 64, bro, you're going to get a good Donkey Kong and fucking hit him with your car. Anyway, dude, so I'm, I'm still stuck on these phrases. What, like, what do you want your last words to be if you had to choose? Oh, death, where is thy sting? Or whose is this coffee? No, no, no. I'm you don't gonna, want to say one of those last? I want to say it. Yeah, what does that mean? Who's is this? I just coffee? hope when I die, like all of you are around, I'm just like, whose is this coffee? And then <laughs> no, that's no, no. it. I want to take my. I want to take my my fucking like last words from a popular song. That's what I want to do. Shakira, Shakira. Yeah. And then you just <laughs> and you pass. Yeah. I want to say something mysterious. Like what? Like, uh, like. Uh, the hummingbird is hidden underneath the bridge. And so you're so like, piece like, all that together. It's yeah, and people are like, and then you like have to decipher it, and there's Check just nothing there. Yeah. No, 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 no. I want a mystery. I want to leave behind a mystery. No, 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 I don't want that. I want to be like, I am the walrus. I am the Eggman. Cuckoo, bitch. And then I go out, and they're like, damn, this dude stole this from a Beatles song. That fat fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, this uh, so DNA shows 
that four members of the crew were actually women of European descent. They were not Inuits, so they couldn't be local natives. Like the DNA shows there's four European women that were amongst the crew. Um, this could be horseshit though, because the DNA is really old, but I think this is noteworthy. So the Daily Mail article, that's where I cited it. It's like four women found among the Franklin expedition. I was like, holy yeah. fuck, this is so like, this is blasphemous. Like, this is crazy. Like fucking information into the case. Like maybe these guys brought these women on as workers. You know what I'm saying? They're on a like fucking long ship. They have four women that are maybe working. No judgment there. Sex work is real work. But I, but then I read onto it and it's like, oh, the DNA might be horseshit because it's fucking 180 years old by now. Well, so, in the in the terror in the book by Dan Simmons, he talks about they end up. Should I spoiler alert? Nobody's yeah, yeah, gonna no, tell it. Tell it. Yeah. Just tell it. So they end up going on like a hunting party because there's polar bears and there's one specific polar bear that's like a giant. I think that's maybe he got the giant bones and like thought of giant polar bears. Yeah. Anyway, and that's why. The Herman Melville quote that we start out with in the cold open is what they opened the terror with. That's why we opened it with this. But in the book, they're going hunting for this giant polar bear. So they're shooting shit like all over the place. And they accidentally shoot an Inuit man. And there's a woman with him. And the woman, the guy dies. He gets like shot. He has a bullet like next to his heart. And they try to operate on him and he dies. And the woman has her tongue is bitten out. Like it's not like chopped out like with a knife or anything. It's like chewed out of her mouth. And so they think that she's like a witch or something like that, like an Inuit witch, and that she's like cursing him. Oh my god, that's fucking wild! Yeah, it's fucking badass, dude. Dude, back then to be a doctor, you had to be like a graduate from middle school. It's like they let anyway. Dude, <laughs> yeah. your, your dentist, or I'm sorry, your doctor used to be your barber. That's where the term doctor barber comes from. And people don't know this. When you go to a, a, a barber shop, you see the red and white spinning twirl thing. Yeah. The reason that is a thing is back in the day, they used to tie bloody rags to a fucking clothesline, let them dry out, and they would spin in the wind. And then they made them into poles, like a barbershop pole. And it's because back in the day, dog, like your barber was your fucking doctor. He's cutting you up. You're like, yo, baby girl, you need a circumcision? I'll cut you up good and I'll give you a fade. Can you imagine? Dude? Think about the people that give you. <laughs> what fuck. if you go in for a fade and you get a circumcision? Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're going to have to get an extra. Like, wait, wait, wait. Extra. That guy might have fucked up. Yeah, every person I've ever seen, like, in a barber shop now, like, I've never met, like, a barber. It's always, like, some girl that's, like, 22. And like, <laughs> that's pretty much it. She's like, at Supercuts. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Did you guys ever go in a barber? shops and it's just like a bunch of women with really fucked up hair they look like oh, witches yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like i would not trust you to come yeah what are you doing dude i don't i'm not good looking enough to give a fuck about my haircut so i'm just like cut it baby like, yeah. <laughs> all, dude your hair looks amazing all the time thanks like, dude. Yeah. it always does yeah, dude i'm hairy as fuck i got a chest hair dude it's it's thick it's like a fucking tibetan field bro it's thick so i so in pop culture Iron Maiden has a hardcore song called Strangers in a Strange Land, and it's about the Franklin Expedition. It's a it's, fucking banger. Dude, it's, dude, the lyrics are badass about a dude getting trapped in the ice yeah. and his soul being there for life. And there's also a Sinead O'Connor, and uh, Sinead O'Connor has a song called Lord Franklin, and it's a total bummer song. That's the one Jake found. I found the it, Iron Maiden one. Well, the reason I found it is because Lord Franklin, it was actually, I think it's called Lady Franklin was the original name of the song, but it's like an old song from like 1850. Like after this happened, uh, a bunch of composers made it and then Sinead O'Connor did a cover of it. All right. There's a British accent someone's going to have to do. Who wants to read it? Do you want to do a British accent during... I feel like you can do a better British accent than both of you. Dude, I can't do a British accent. Try to can... do your best British accent. Just real quick. Hello, governor. What are you doing? 
Hello, governor. Hello there. Because you were supposed to read the last story, and I ended up cutting out your part, which we should put on Patreon because it's fucking hilarious. Why? It's so funny because you stop like every 10 seconds to make fun of Carter, but I put it all at the end. But in the real, like when you actually read it, like in uh, original recording, you're like stopping every 10 seconds. You just fuck with this Carter guy, yeah, like, relentlessly. Right, so bad. Oh, he's, we should have called him. Carter's going to go, I'll call him now. Fuck Carter. Dude, if he doesn't answer, fuck him. He's, dude, we're, we're firing him as an intern. We'll get another intern. I don't care. Bitch. Where could he possibly be? This guy's jacking it right now. He's not busy. Must do, yeah. He's in the asylum. What he's hanging expect? out with his weird friend named Brennan. Listen to his. Listen. Hello? Hello? Carter, can you hear us? Carter, don't do this. Carter, you're embarrassing me. Fuck you, Carter. How do you not have a voicemail? Piece of shit. All right, Carter didn't answer because he doesn't think we're good people. So I guess I'll Damn. just read this fucking story. <laughs> so, all right. I don't know if I read this story. <laughs> oh, we still got to do our country songs. Do you know yours at all? Or are you I not going to be able to find I could make one real fucking quick. How, how long is yours? Is like a legit, like, long-ass song? It could be, but I'll, I'll just sing the first Dude, part I, of it. Dude, I could fucking, I could make something up real quick. If you gave me, like, a pen and paper, I could easily, in fact, I'll see if he has a pen and paper. Dude. I'll just okay. something real quick. Um, we talked about it earlier. Nick and I have a country song that we're going to perform real quick. and So Nick's got his and I got mine. We're going to make a country album eventually. I don't know what my name is, but... You I should haven't make decided a... what mine is either, no, honestly. You're, you're just... I put little thought into it but hey if you want if you want to do some real thought and you want to do it on this platform dude like i'll i'll go all out for sure <laughs> no your name your name is cowboy nick is it cowboy i like cowboy yeah. nick i'm in cowboy i wish we nick. could say your last name because i'm are, going what are you i don't know yet i'm fresh. yeah but if we could say my last name that actually would be perfect <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm fresh i'm fresh hay fresh hay yeah. fresh hay i Damn. like that a lot. that's a good one huh fresh hay or hay bell Oh, Haybell hey is sick. I'm a Haybell for sure. Haybell. All right. Uh, these, these, I'll just sing these two verses. Like, obviously, I'm just fucking around, but I literally just went inside and in like two minutes just wrote two verses. Totally. So, sing it the best you can. Go. No judgment. Well, I'm going to hop in the truck with my dog, Blue, and head down to the corn store to buy some chew when a cold six pack of Mountain Dew. Hell yeah, I'm a country boy. <laughs> I like to I like to pop my gun off just for fun and drink ice cold beer out in the sun. I'm a whiskey sipping, grizzly dipping son of a gun. Hell yeah, I'm a country boy. That Holy good. shit, dude. That was That's really good. Dude, I think you just well, I think you're better than Darius Rucker. What the fuck? Damn. God damn, that was dude. Really good. Dude, listen, Capitol Records, you can send us a check now or you can send it to us too much, baby. But we got hits back here. Jake, what's your <laughs> Do you guys want to hear a funny one? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> if I can remember it. And she came up to me. She said it's yours. Said that's impossible. We ain't had sex in months. She said that's how it works. You fucking dummy. It's been exactly nine. She got a package. Came in the mail. Had hair all over it. It kind of smelled. I said you won't believe it. It's kind of funny. 
That ain't my baby, but that is my monkey. Uh-huh. That ain't my baby, but that is my monkey. Uh-huh. That ain't my baby, but that is my monkey. I ordered him online. <laughs> dude, what the fuck? Bro, carry on. Dude, listen. Dude, I, I what had about some. I hit taken on us by Kenny Chesney. I had, How good are you guys I had some written down. Like, next, uh, if you guys have me on again, then, like, I'll, I'll, I'll bring that. Like, yeah, I, maybe I'll say. Save the second one Holy so we can both have them again. Yeah. I honestly cannot believe how good those were. Dude, Nick's, Nick's is more impressive because he just came up he with it. He just wrote it down in my kitchen. They yeah, used were fucking good, too. Oh, right. I have some that I wrote down. I just couldn't remember off the top of my head. You guys, I'm fucking drunk. Jake, Jake so I wrote, uh, I wrote the scary story this week. Jake's going to read the story. He's going to try and do the British accent. And he had me highlight the portions that are supposed to be in a British accent. I'm drunk. Those lines aren't straight on the paper. And I'm not very... Oh, you were just doing it with a... Why didn't you come out here to do it? I, I don't know. The highlighter was inside. Okay. Fucking read it. And so if you guys don't know, we, we tell... A, if you haven't listened to the, the podcast before, we tell a scary story at the end of every episode. And if you guys want us to read your scary stories, just send them in to... Gucci's podcast at gmail.com, baby. Yeah. We're also on Instagram. Instagram. Brandon had just finished his shift at Best Buy. He was still in his... <laughs> That's his name, Brandon. Anyway. <laughs> Brandon had just finished his shift at Best Buy. He was still in his stupid uniform. Work made him hungry. He stopped by the pizza shop on his way home and grabbed a quick pie. His thin bones could use some support from the bacon and sausage he always ordered. The black beanie he wore on top of his black curls was no match for the cold November bite. The pizza was steaming as he popped it out of the shop, just in time to catch the max bus. The tired driver didn't even ask to see his university card, and Brennan shuffled in. The bus was emptier than usual. The Fort Collins students weren't out and about in this cold. Brendan made his way up to his apartment, happy with his warm pizza ready to watch some TV and catch some sleep. The lobby of his beat-up apartment was a ghost town. He jumped in the elevator and pushed the button for floor 9. The button had just sparked green when a man burst through the lobby doors. The man ran full tilt. He wore all, all black. His wallet chain trailed him. It's coming! The man yelled through a British accent. His feet could barely keep up with his legs, and he barreled straight towards the elevator. Brennan, frightened, pushed the, but the close button. The doors to the lobby burst open, but Brennan saw no one in pursuit. He could see only a black wave. The man leapt into the elevator as the doors closed. The elevator started banging as it began to rise. Brennan's heart was racing. The man heaved on the ground, catching his breath for a second before looking up at Brennan. The eyes that peered up were a vicious green. I'm being chased by Stronzer, you hear me? A Stronzer! You know what that is? Listen, man, I don't want to be involved. I think maybe you're sick or something. I could call someone if you... Brandon trailed off, staggering for words. A loud banging continued beneath the elevator. The disturbing noise was deafening. The lights flickered. Listen here, you fucking cock. I'm being chased by Stronzer. It's a monster that kills people when they're alone. If you're not with one other person who knows what a stronza is, you will be killed. Just then, a slamming noise beneath them stopped. The elevator was now gliding along normally. Listen, man, are you sick? Or have you confused me with someone else? Are you fucking daft? Don't you notice that fucking banging that just stopped? Don't be stupid. The man stood up, his green eyes still pierced Brennan's. He was probably six foot three. The green-eyed man had a thick, bushy beard. Dude, I think you're tripping, man. One too many disco biscuits, Brennan said. Just then, the elevator stopped, and Brennan ducked out of it. The green-eyed man grabbed him by the collar of his Best Buy blue polo and yanked him backward. 
Brennan's pizza box dropped to the ground. The green-eyed man had leathery hands, meaty and well-built. Listen, amigo, you're not going fucking anywhere without me, or we're both dust. The man was lifting Brennan off the ground, his feet dangled. His back pressed against the elevator wall. You think I'm digging around with you, you fucking muppet? The green-eyed man said. No, Brennan said. What's your apartment number? The man asked. 901A, Brennan squeaked. What's your name? The man asked. Brennan, he answered, his legs still dangling. Brennan? That's the biggest twat name I've ever heard. I'm Michael, but my friends call me Tiny. The green-eyed man lowered him and began exiting the elevator. One more thing, Brennan, grab the pizza. Tiny said with a smile. They walked to the apartment. Brennan kept looking over his shoulder, expecting to see the beast that was in, the, in pursuit. Once inside, Tiny plopped on the couch and put his boots on the table. Malloy, your home is lovely. He paused long enough. (laughs) He paused long enough to grab a slice out of the box on the coffee table. But we need to talk about how we're gonna fix our little problem. No use in wanking around here. Tiny said, mouthful of pizza. Listen, man, this is a lot to process. I was just going home to go to sleep. I wasn't expecting any of this. Brennan was still scared. Yes, my friend, and if the dog wouldn't have stopped to take a shite, wouldn't have caught the fucking rabbit. What? Brennan asked. I'm just saying that there's always unexpected interruption in life. For you, it's me, interrupting what looks like a lovely evening full of masturbation and pizza. And well, I don't mean to commandeer your romantic aspirations. There's a partially visible killing machine, Stronzer, following us right now. Alright, well what are we going to do about it, Brennan asked. I'm glad you asked, Brennan. We're going to take your car, drive to a medical lab at the university, break in, steal experimental drugs. Tiny said calmly, still devouring pizza. The college is closed, Brennan said. That's why I said break in. Tiny raised his eyebrows. I don't have a car, Brennan said. Don't worry about that, my lord. Tiny said, pulling up his shirt and revealing a gun stuffed in his waistband. Now, Brennan, please escort me to the bathroom. We must take a shite. Tiny stood up. We? Brennan asked. Yes, we can't leave each other, remember? And one of us is turtle-heading quite bad, so let's make it quick. Tiny took a quick shit, and the duo made their way outside. Tiny explained at the university they had developed a pill that would erase a memory, about 10 days worth of memory, and this would allow them to forget about Stronza. Only then could the duo part ways, and Brennan could fuck off. Tiny moved quickly down the street, talking fast. He explained he was on day nine, and had to get the pill quick for it to work. Tiny and Brennan found themselves at a busy intersection. Brennan pushed the crosswalk button, and Tiny immediately stepped out of the stopped car. Get out, you fucking wanker! Tiny said, pointing his gun at the driver. The door of the maroon late-model Buick opened immediately, and an old lady stepped out scared. Shite, lady! I'm sorry, I had no idea, my bad! Tiny put the gun away, looking embarrassed. He skirted around the woman and jumped into the driver's seat. Brennan followed suit, and a few minutes later, he pulled into the parking lot of what Brennan recognized as the medical unit of the college. Tiny tossed Brennan a mask. He pulled it on his face, but he felt a wet spot on it. He touched the wet spot and saw blood. Are you bleeding? Brennan asked Tiny. No, my lord. That belongs to the previous owner of the mask. He didn't stick close enough. Tiny shot Brennan a wink. Tiny used a slim piece of metal he produced out of his long jacket to jimmy the door open. From there, Tiny made his way up two flights of stairs, slimmed another door where the two stood in front of a glass cabinet. The cabinet held many pills and bottles. Tiny removed a flashlight from his surprise-filled pocket and began looking at labels. Hey, Serena, that's a good shite. Tiny grinned. Get ready, run. 
he said before smashing the glass with his flashlight and grabbing the bottle. An alarm immediately began to scream through the night. The two burst down the stairs and Tiny glanced out the window. Tiny could see the campus security approaching the light on top of their gold cart flashing as they sped towards the building the two were in. Bork, change your plans, Tiny said as they reached the ground. He did not go out the door they came in. Tiny began running down the hall. Brennan did his best to keep up with the fast Englishman. The two exploded out the doors on the other side of the building and made their way down the street. Tiny removed his mask and Brennan did the same, slowing down to a jog, continuing down the street. There, Tiny said, pointing at a max bus stop. The two made it to the stop. An old woman was walking close, then she realized the duo had robbed her at gunpoint. The woman began scurrying away. Sorry, Brennan yelled. Tiny sat down on the bench at the stop and began turning the bottle over in his hand, reading the label under the streetlight. Act normal, catch your breath, Tiny said, opening the bottle and taking a pill. Tiny handed Brennan a pill that he took quickly. Brennan could see the bus coming down the street. On the opposite end of the street, Brennan saw the flashing orange light of a campus security cart. The bus made it there, and Tiny got on calmly, followed by Brennan. They sat down near the front of the bus and began to drive away. The security cart pulled in front of the bus and began to slow down. Cock, Tiny whispered under his breath. He stuffed the pill bottle in Brennan's hand. The campus security guard got on the bus. He was tall and thin, with blue eyes and his hair cut short. Y'all just get on the bus? Yes, Tiny said calmly. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you some questions, the security guard said smugly. Tiny whipped out his pistol in a flash. The guard froze. The bus driver looked up shocked. Brennan, hand him a pill. Brennan handed the guard a pill. Tiny nodded and the guard ate it. Now get in front, Tiny said. He sounded calm. The guard began to walk backwards up the empty bus. Hey, Chubbs, get off the fucking bus and stop running. And I mean fast. The bus driver took off out the door and began running. The driver quickly caught up to the old woman. <laughs> it kind of goes into Australian, though. Yeah, you're good, though. Great accent. I didn't say which accent. Great accent. Listen here, Cooper. There's partially visible monster chasing us called a Stronza, and it's mean. And I saw a terror man in a new arsehole not eight hours ago. The monster can only kill people who know about it, but only when they're alone. If they are with someone else who knows about it, they are safe. You've been given a pill that should make it all a distant memory. The guard reached the front of the bus, but was still facing the two men. Why are you telling me this then? The blonde guard asked. To test if it works, Tiny said. He then shot the security guard in the foot. Fuck, Brennan said, and the security guard yelled in unison. The guard reached down to grab his foot, and Tiny punched him in the head, tossed him out the door and down the stairs. Tiny sat down on the driver's chair and took off immediately without closing the doors on the bus. The bus jolted forward. Brennan clambered to a chair and looked out the window. The security guard lay there unconscious for a half a second before he began to move his arm. Is that bloke getting ripped in half? No, Brennan answered quickly. Bloody hell, it actually fucking worked, Tiny said with a laugh. Brennan's chest was heaving and his breath was labored. Now what, Brennan asked. Fancy strip club, my lord? Beats going home and joking it. We can go get so drunk, we can pass out and forget we know each other. Fuck it, Brennan said exhausted. Right on, bitches love buses, Tiny said with a grin. The end. Dude, isn't that a good story? That is pretty good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude, so like the monster kills you unless you're with a dude that knows what the monster is. So you have to tell somebody to stay alive. And so this dude comes running in to his fucking elevator and like gets his kid involved with some shit that he doesn't want to be involved in. And then like they have to break into the university to get a pill that will make you forget shit. And it'll make you forget shit up to 10 days ago. So they bust in this university. Security comes. 
And so, like, security's coming, and then they, like, run to a bus stop. Bus stop shows up. They hop on the bus, and then the security guard comes on. He makes him take the pill, too, so the security guard will get forget. But he also tells the security guard what a stronza is. Also, stronza is Italian for butthole. I Googled it. <laughs> so <laughs> so strong, he tells the guard what a stronza is, and then kicks him out of the fucking bus. That way, if it doesn't work, he'll watch the dude get tore the fuck apart. And then it works, so they just go to a strip club because things are cool. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That's a good story, dude. That was, that was a good, good story. It was yeah. way good. Yeah. Your I accent's really good, Jake. Yeah, it wasn't it bad. Kept, it kept going into Australia. Like, as the further I went on, and then I like started thinking about it, and it like, kept getting worse. But... <laughs> And now that I'm thinking back in my head, it did, like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but... yeah. yeah I thought you were going to ask if a dango ate her baby, bro. Fucking... <laughs> he could have been half and half. We don't know where this guy's I'm from. Dango so. ate your baby. <laughs> and he doesn't, well, he does say Englishman, yeah. Dude, so thank you guys so much for listening to Gucci's episode 12. I'm Clinton. I'm Jake. I'm Nick. Thanks again for having me, guys. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, you listen to for... the Franklin Expedition. Follow us on Instagram at Gucci's Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Gucci's Podcast. Send us an email at Gucci's Podcast at gmail.com. Send Let's us your go. stories, please. Woo, 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 woo. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Nick. It's yeah, been fun. Guys. Love you, Nick. See you guys. So, Love you guys.